Hi, my name is John Black. I'm the CEO of Regulus Resources. We're a group that specializes in identifying large copper deposits, capturing those opportunities, drilling them out, showing their full potential, de-risking them, and then ideally monetizing those by selling them to a major mining company. And it's a very fortunate time to be in the space we're in right now as major companies are looking for, for more copper on their portfolios as it's an essential metal for, for the energy transition that we'll be going through throughout the world. John, good to see you again, sir. We, uh, we haven't seen you in the context of Regulus uh, since July 2020, so it's been, it's been a while. Um, but you're, you're at BMO, so how come you're at BMO? Because what, what I do know about BMO is there's a $300 million market cap cutoff, and you don't quite qualify. Well, we're not quite there yet, but uh, I, I guess maybe somebody thinks we should be there or will be there in the future is one one way to look at it. The, the, it is true, it's more for the larger companies, and and, the, and but they try to get um, a good spread of companies with products. If it was all major mining companies, there's, there's nobody for them to look for for projects that are being delivered. So they try to get some of us as earlier stage stories in. Um, and of course, it's a bank, so they're looking for business down the road. So they, uh, they're, they're, they may, we may have a relationship with them already, or they're, they're looking to perhaps represent us if, if somebody gets in the mood to buy what we have someday. Okay, so it's, it's invite only. It's, I guess that I guess the message, and they must yes. uh, know you or believe in your project enough to do that. So, um, so let's just talk about the. You mentioned a couple of phrases there. Obviously, the, 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 the I guess the EV. Uh, thematic is is part of it. The kind of infrastructure redevelopment is is part of it. Copper. I thought it would kick off last year. The 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 copper price did. The copper equities not so much. But we're seeing a, a, a slight sea change recently. So, um, what was the what is the conversation with regards to copper? Has there been a change of mood? It's, it's it's really kind of refreshing to be here at the meeting. This keep in mind, this is one of the first meetings like this in person that many of us have been to, and so there's there's a buzz. There's, recently, there's you mean? <laughs> recently, yes, recently. It's about two years ago at the same meeting was the last last big meeting that we were at like this, and so there's there's a lot of energy in the sector overall. Most metal prices are up, so there's there's a lot of activity, a lot of interest. But, but one of the themes that I've picked up over the last couple of days here is there's a lot of talk about energy transition metals is a buzzword we hear, forward-facing commodities. Uh, a lot of this is about uh, companies positioning themselves to be producing the metals that will be necessary for the energy transition that we're, we're, we're beginning to enter into throughout the world. And so as part of that, that it, it's become just absolutely obvious that we're going to have a shortage of copper. And we're already experiencing a price increase from this, but uh, we're increasingly here people predicting prices much beyond what we're talking about as, as a search. Because as an industry, we're not very good at finding copper deposits and it takes a long time to get them into production. And we're noticing that big companies are realizing this and, and realizing they need to begin to, to look for these. So we're hearing other things like, um, you know, before there was a lot of talk about where do you deploy your capital? And, and it was, um, return to shareholders for a long time. That was kind of the discipline that we're looking for. I, I'm hearing talk about uh, growth now and, and let's let's get new projects on the books. Let's grow. Let's increase our production, particularly in the forward facing metals and, and copper being one of the leading ones. That's that's really fascinating. That's not a phrase I've heard for a long time or since when I was in banking, which is around, you know, deploying growth capital because you need you want projects with scale. Um, 
and not just case of you know effectively mining the market by just creating value or share, shareholder value. Um, why, why, why do you, why do you think that is? Is it because there haven't been any big copper uh, successes recently? And we, we we've spoken to a few this week who look like they're on the way, but there hasn't been enough new mining projects come into production. You know, for quite a while. That's that's much of it, and and just in the in the last year or so, we've seen so much more news about uh, electrification, about uh, carbon use, um, and and it's it's much more prominent. So we're seeing countries embrace that more. We're seeing more aggressive moves towards meeting commitments worldwide, and and I think that just made it even more obvious. And then more fundamentally. I've been in this business for a few decades, so I've seen a few of these cycles, and there's there's almost always a lag. And one of the important things that I've noted is is that we need, say, a, a major copper company to to have a few good years where they're building up cash before they get to the point where they have the cash available to start thinking about it. When things are tight uh, coming out of a lower part of the cycle, then everybody's conscious about where you spend your money. As, as you begin to build up the cash, then people begin to worry, what are we going to do? Where are we, how are we going to grow with this going forward? And so a lot of this conference is the big companies presenting their, their results from last year and talking about them. And, and they're noticeably healthy balance sheets right now. And so uh, to me, it means we're probably on the leading edge of what will likely be a period of quite a bit of M&A coming up. That's, that's exciting um, because there's, there's a diff- different type of money available to companies of a, of a certain size because the last few years have been pretty much looking towards the markets. Uh, there haven't been that many strategic investors or certainly not in, in industry in, in investors. So M&A activity, okay. We'll we'll look out for that. But look, why don't we talk? Why don't we talk about you? Because um, you know, obviously, we, we've heard the story a while ago, back in July. But there's a, b- a big new audience of people who've, who've come into the mining uh, space looking to learn about the thematics uh, and, and, and the theses behind those, and um, where the good projects are, and maybe where the not so good ones are. So, can we just do a, a little quick reminder of your project in Peru? Where, where are you? How did you get it? And, and where is it today? Okay, absolutely. As I mentioned, what, what we specialize in is we try to identify projects that have potential to be really large copper or copper gold deposits and, and then drill those out, de-risk them, which is really important. It's taking care of all the things that are necessary that so a major mining company is comfortable acquiring it moving forward. And um, and what the as regulars, what we have our hands on is a really interesting project called Antiquary. It's located in the northern part of Peru. It's a copper gold system. Um, and we we have essentially um, approximately half of a large copper gold sulfide that the, the neighbors are operating an oxide gold leach mine next door to us. It's essentially pre-stripping the, the oxide cap over the top of a large sulfide that's partially on their ground and partially on our ground. Um, that makes it sound like we only have a piece of it, but the resource that we have that we can currently state for our portion of the ground is over 500 million tons at about a 0.7% copper equivalent. So quite an attractive copper grade. And it's it's both copper and gold that goes into that copper equivalent. Very low strip ratio and essentially in a brownfield setting. So it's it's um, there's an ideal scenario set up for future consolidation of the district and the development of a large mine going forward. It's a type of project that would be very much of interest to major copper companies or major gold companies as well. 
Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about the, the ore body that you're, you're, you're going after. What, what, how much drilling has happened um, today and what, what do you know about it? It's, um, it's fairly well drilled out both on our side and on the neighbor's side as we're moving forward, but it's very much open for expansion. So we're, we'll continue to grow the size of the deposit as, as we move forward. Because of the complexity of the land situation in the district, we're really at the resource definition stage. We're not at a stage that we can show the economic um, view of what the project would look like. And it's a little complicated. It's kind of a kind of a tight chess match we have going here on how we can we can move forward. And so that that um, makes it um, a little bit difficult for us to show the full potential value of the project to the market. And we're working on how that consolidation might happen so we can we can reveal that. Uh, groups that know projects well and take a look at it, major companies that are monitoring us can see that pretty easily. But it's where it, it presents a challenge for us on how do we we present that value to the market. So it's a bit of a sleeper right now, and that we we have a lot of interest from people from from major companies, a lot of people that know the type of system we have, but we don't have the news flow to the market that the the market really likes to see to get on the radar. So for for people that are that are know these type systems, it's a great opportunity for people to come in at the valuation we have right now. Right, but um, you, you need to with the you, you, grades are good. We're looking whether you're looking at indicator and it's around the, the 0.7 uh, copper equivalent number. Is it? It's it's good. It's as good as you see down that whole uh, you know west of uh, west coast of South America. Um, but you need to show the scale, right? And you talk about in the in the present PowerPoint about you know an, an interim resource indicating two point six billion uh, pounds uh, of indicate two point four billion pounds of inferred, you know, and it seems to be like a two thirds copper, one third gold um, type scenario, a little little bit of silver in there. So, how do you go about telling that story of the potential of, of the of the the scale of this thing? How do you go about? financing the ability to kind of piece that story together going forward in this environment? Because you're telling us it's really positive. It's on everyone's lips. Copper is on everyone's lips at the BMO conference. What do you do about it? Well, it's, as I mentioned, there are a few challenges we have on it. One is the complexity of the district moving forward. The other has been over the past two years, we've, we've encountered a couple complexities on being able to continue our drilling to show the size. Our, our strategy is to, to drill increase the size of the mineralization that's on our ground, improve our, our hand at the poker table, if you will, moving forward with this. But um, at this time, two years ago, we were just set up with our permits to extend to the north and begin drilling to the north. And we got hit with COVID, which was a little bit of a delay. And then as we came out of that and about a year ago began to drill, we ran into um, a situation where there are some social tensions in the area. Uh, they're, they're somewhat related to a setting that we have in Peru overall right now. We've had recent presidential elections that have resulted in a more left-leaning president, and it's produced a, a period of political turbulence in the country right now. And that that's resulted in social protest about a number of things, and we're caught into that a little bit right now. So we're we're trying to manage that carefully, and we're working with the government to help us. But the government currently is in a state of uh, turmoil. In many ways, there's a lot of turnover. The the new president, who's been in for about eight months, is on his fourth, possibly soon fifth cabinet. And every time there's a change, we change personnel within the Ministry of Mines, and and so it, be, it makes it a little bit difficult for us to work in an environment. Um, we are working. We're currently drilling with two rigs quietly right now. 
but um, we're kind of torn because on the on the ground for us to move the project forward, we need to keep our heads down and work quietly and work carefully with the communities and and not provoke a reaction by being too visible and too too uh, aggressive in that sense on it. But of course, the market wants us to be talking about everything we're doing right now. So this is a project that requires some patience. Uh, we we are moving the project forward. Uh, we commenced drilling right before Christmas. We've completed our first drill hole a few weeks ago. There is a lag between when we get the results on this. The turnaround time for, for assay labs right now is about six to, eight, six to eight weeks. So we're another month or six weeks away from seeing our first results. Once those results come, then we'll, we'll start to see that. Everybody will start to see the results we'd like to see, which will indicate that we continue to grow the project to the north and move forward. So we'll, we'll do that. We'll work towards an updated resource uh, towards the latter part of this year or, or perhaps early next year, depending on the pace on the project and, and continue to move it that way. But it is one that due to the, the political setting in Peru and the complexity of the district means we have to kind of work quietly as, as we move forward. And, um, but but the, the, the results will come, so. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Peru because we, we, we were gonna go though. So, um, how do we do this? Uh, you, you've got, you've got to, you go quietly. I don't mean it. I hope you don't mean to sound surreptitious in, in, in that sense, but it's, it's a case of you've got to work with, with locals, uh, to ensure that you can move forward. But in terms of like the, the, the mining, um, uh, department, you, you're doing everything that you can to advance things, you know, there, but there's nothing stopping you with these two drill bits at least. There's no, absolutely, no, right, absolutely okay. not. We have one more permits in hand. Um, I could perhaps give an example that, that shows uh, a similar setting nearby to us. We're 35 kilometers away from, from New Monsianacocha mine, and they're doing the, very much the same thing. They're planning a transition now to begin to mine the, the copper gold sulfides that are beneath the big oxidized zone that they've been mining for a couple of decades right now. Uh, they've completed their feasibility study. They have all their permits to move forward, um, but they and they have started the work on it. But they're they're waiting to do what they call a full funding commitment towards the end of the year. And that's part of what they're trying to do is they're trying to to see stabilization of the government, make sure that we understand what the mining investment. So several countries in South America, most notably Peru and Chile, are kind of going through a transition right now where there's discussion about additional royalties. Uh, there's a lot of change over in the government. And so a lot of us are in the same situation where we're advancing the project, but it's not wise for us necessarily to, to really transmit a lot of that. Um, we're fine in the immediate area of the project. The communities support us well. Many of them work for us or provide services to us. We, we have fantastic support in that sense. But what we're trying to avoid is, is drawing interest from politically motivated anti-mining type movements from outside. And that's working well for us as we move forward, but it but it does mean that we're a little less visible in the market than than many of our investors would like us to be right now. So it's important to, to talk to us and we can explain what we're doing and, and the strategy of why we're doing what we're building towards is an end game. It's I, I mentioned that we 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 identify these projects, we drill them out, we show the size potential and we de-risk the projects. If we push too fast on this project, uh, we run the risk of, of creating a, a situation and make it harder to develop the project in the future. And so what we're focusing on is delivering a project that can be a major mine 
for, for a large mining company in the future. And part of that requires us to do things carefully as we're moving forward right now. Right. And, um, okay. Well, I was going to ask whether you're, you're, you're the hunted or you're the hunter. It sounds like you're, you're the hunted and, and you, you, you want to paint that picture for them. But say, just, just in terms of then, if you're sort of hunkering down a little bit and saying, we'll move forward at a pace which is suitable to the environment we find ourselves in politically and, and on the ground, um, fine. Costs, though, you've got two drills turning, I get associated costs on the ground, it's fine. What, 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 do, what do you do at um, head office in terms of recognizing that and say, well, perhaps do we need to kind of reduce our, our costs and the burden to the company if we're kind of operating at half speed, you know, which it, we're not going as quick as we want to go. So, you know, so shareholders don't kind of bear the brunt of the situation you find yourselves in. What, what, what can you do to kind of mitigate that? That thought. A very good question. Um, but, and I don't mean to imply we're work, we're hunkering down and working slowly. We're, we're turning with two drill rigs right now. It's more of what we're doing to talk about what we're doing and, and promoting that locally. If if uh, if we state that hey we're, we're you know the fantastic project is going to be a huge mine and we're drilling this amount and we're doing this forward, um, it draws attention from people that can take advantage of of. Um, rallying people to a project like that. So it's more that we're working quietly rather than we're working slowly or not working. So um, in, in, we're in a rainy season in this part of Peru. So it's typical that we would drill with a couple of rigs this time of year. When it begins to dry out in April, we'll most likely increase the rig count and, and bring it up. So we're working at about the pace we would normally be working. It has more to do with how much we're promoting the project visibly forward. It's just, it's just being careful doing a lot of work that's not necessarily visible to the project. Much of what we're doing right now is working with the local communities, explaining what we're doing, making sure everybody's comfortable on moving moving forward on the project. We're interacting a lot with companies that are um, evaluating what we're doing and watching. And that's typically done under confidentiality agreements. And I, I would love to be able to list who we're talking to and and what we're talking about. But that that's quiet work that has to be done in the background. Yeah, it comes back to sort of the original kind of mood of the nation thing. So lots of people talking about copper. So they, you know, like I said, I thought they would be talking about it last last year, but not a lot of movement. But the the, the, the pace seems to be picking up now, right? And mining, I think, is going to go into a sort of halcyon period. Uh, it feels like, and if we look at the supply demand uh, data across a number of commodities, but, but copper especially uh, will be a beneficiary of this, it seems. But the environment is somewhat different from, you know, and we, we've talked in the past about one of your success stories, Antares, uh, et cetera, and, you know, your, your track record speaks for itself. But we're moving into an environment where NGOs and politically motivated and politically funded anti-mining groups are having a bigger share of voice. We're seeing activists sitting on the boards of funds, again, anti-mining activists sitting on the boards of funds and driving strategies. And um, it's a very interesting time in terms of what we need to do and want to do, but also what we feel we don't need to do and don't want to do for, for some people. And, you know, how are mining groups generally sort of co coping with this? You're, you're trying to make, make yourself pretty, um, show a bit of ankle to some large company that will come in and, and, and take this project off of your hands. But what are the conditions that they are now operating under, which you need to be cognizant of in terms of the way that you develop this project? Because as you say, you don't want to antagonize 
the antis, I think they're sometimes referred to. Well, it's it's a it's a complex issue, and and it's it's not that we don't want to. The a, a big project like this that we're working on offers so much opportunity. The the if we can develop this mine properly, it can benefit the lives of, of so many people that are involved around the project. Uh, obviously, our, our company or our shareholders or our stakeholders in that sense, but the communities around us. Can, can have the benefit. One of the reasons we look for very large projects on this, this the Antiquary project is what we would refer as a project with potential to be a multi-generational mine, meaning that it could go for decades. And, and those type of projects are, are very much more of interest to the major companies because they're the type of projects that can, can afford to develop hospitals in an area, improve education in an area for a long period of time. The more challenging mines for us are the mines that only last 10 years and there's a boom, it's great, and then they and then they, they, they stop and they disappear and you don't necessarily leave the benefits in the area. So I, I think the project we're having, we're pretty excited about the opportunities that could be presented for people to improve their lives for a long time and well beyond the end of the mine. And, and that's something that you have to do carefully and work with people and it's not always obvious to everybody the best pathway forward. So it takes time to, to set that up. And a junior company like ourselves can sometimes make a misstep early on and produce a situation that a major company comes in and says, we don't, we don't see how this is going to go forward. So that's a lot of what we're working on right now is trying to get that setting right and be patient about how we set that up. And that will add value and increase the possibility that we complete our business plan by selling the project to a major miner. Right. So let's, let's just be clear. I want to kind of keep, keep it real simple for, for folks. There's a lot of people new to the money. Is you've got two drills turning. So you, you've got some, some money in the bank. How long do they turn for? Is, is it an all year round operation or when have you got the budget to uh, drill onto? Um, here we can drill all year. It's, it's a little slower this time of year just because it's rainy. Uh, there's, there's more lightning. There's things we have to watch for, for safety and, and water management as, as we're drilling. Uh, it's a problem with too much water right now, and, and so you have to make sure that you don't create muddy waters and runoff and things like that. So it's a little bit slower this time of year. As far as funding, we started the year with $8 million, so we're in a pretty good position to, to go throughout most of the year at the pace we're going. As we anticipate that we'll increase the pace uh, when things dry out in about May, it's likely that sometime during the year we'll be seeking additional funding. And that could be done through a traditional private placement. We would prefer to have more data on the table and, and reveal the value of the project more before we get to that point. Um, but there are increasingly the possibilities of strategic placements. Um, one of the, the really exciting things that we've seen here at this Congress is it was just announced on Monday that one of our competitors had a large placement come into them from BHP. It's the Philo project. It's a really exciting project in Argentina right now that's taken off and, and uh, is, is become very, very visible. And BHP just made a $100 million placement into that company, which is which is fantastic news. It's the type of thing we want to be seeing going forward. For for 5% of the company, yeah, yeah. valuing it at $2 billion, not, not, not too shabby. Um, and, and, and I'm sure you're going to tell us that you've got higher grades than them. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very good project, but uh, we're, we're also a good project as well. So uh, we, and we're worth a lot less than that right now. So it, you are. It's a, we're a good, good entry point for us right now to, to see that type of increase in valuation. Right, you talked about strategics. Obviously, Route One's already a, a shareholder in there. Does that prevent other strategics coming in? What did Route One do about that? Um, are they going to 
you know, offload a little bit, take the opportunity? I mean, what, what, what do you mean by strategics? Well, strategic and in, in that, and the, the guys at Field have just made an, a, what I think is a very smart move on this because they they have have DHP coming in and funding. Typically, when a strategic comes in, they're putting money in it over market and they're not asking for a warrant. So it's less dilutive to our existing shareholders. But perhaps more importantly, it's an endorsement. It, it means that they're looking at the project. It means they want to have a hand in. But what you want to avoid is, is giving them too much control. You, uh, the, the way we work on this is we try to deliver a product that's of interest to a large number of companies. And we cr- try to create a competitive environment tension so that there's competition to get that project. And so what you don't want to do is have a company get too close to you and scare off other suitors because then you're, you, you sort of have a logical buyer, but you don't have another buyer. So there's there's an entire strategy. There's no absolute magic formula to it. But in their case, I think I think they've played their hand extremely well right now because BHP's shown the endorsement, which is not only an endorsement of the project. In that case, it's an endorsement in Argentina as well, which isn't uh, known as a major mining company. So it's showing that BHP looks like they'd be comfortable doing work there. But it's only 5% of the company, so they're not giving up a board seat or any control. And there's plenty of room for other, other companies to compete on that project. So we, are, we would ideally want to play our hand out in a similar fashion. And so that, that is an option. If, if the right situation doesn't emerge to have a strategic come in um, and keeping in mind that we don't want to give up control of the project by any means either on that, there's always the alternative for for private placement. We would prefer to do that at a little better valuation. We're we're watching the the dilution that that our share, our current shareholders would be subject. To. Okay, and just so quickly coming back to the drill um, component, you got eight, about eight million bucks. You, you're talking about these are what what depths are you going down to? How deep are these holes? Well, it's a big project, and so the mineralization goes to to quite quite deep. Our first drill hole we completed, as I mentioned, on February 11th. That hole went to about 1,200 meters depth. Okay, um, and that cost and what? It, about a million bucks? Uh, that would be probably uh, between a half a million and seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay, a hole like that, it's um, it's it's in that range. So it's not it's not cheap. The type of drilling that we're doing on these projects, and um, not all of the holes will go that deep by any means. Um, there there are a variety of reasons we might go deeper. One of which would be chasing mineralization that we like or seeing rocks that we like like to see that are indicative of we have mineralization nearby. So more typically, we'd probably drill between 800 and 1,000 meters on this project. Right. And about you, the depth of a typical uh, large open pit line. Right. And you, you've talked about building this thing to, to attract majors, right? So in, in terms of given the data that you already have at hand, I mean, just tell us about the kind of the, 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 the drilling um, and, and the model that you're employing in terms of what are you, what are you after? What are you trying to demonstrate with the you know, the near-term drill holes? The near-term drill holes, what we, we have the, the resource that we've, we were able to show right now. So about half inferred, half indicated combined, it's it's approximately 500 million tons of, of 0.7 copper equivalent. But that's very much open to the north. And we're partway through what we consider phase two. The completion of phase one in 2019 allowed us to put that resource out. We, we started phase two. We're about 18,000 meters into what we nominally envisioned as a 25 to 30,000 meter program. And that's completing enough drilling to the north to give us the density to update that resource. It, it won't be completely closed off by any means, but it'd be a logical point where we have enough drilling that an updated resource will show an increase of, of interest in the resource. And so we'd, we'd like to complete another eight to 10,000 meters to be at that point. 
And in addition, a portion of our phase two program are test holes stepping even farther to the north where we, we envision that we have the intrusive source that's causing the mineralization in our area. And so that's scout drilling to see what phase three would look like moving forward. So phase two, we would anticipate we, we complete uh, during this year. Um, it depends a little bit on the pace now when that's going to be, but somewhere towards Q3 to be done with that, which would put us in a position to do an updated resource towards the end of the year. Okay. But most likely continue drilling beyond that, subject to availability of funds. So that that's when at some point during the year we'd be looking for additional funding and we're, we're already exploring what those possibilities are, but we're not in a position that we need to do that right now. Okay, and you'll, you'll work out what, the, what type of money that is uh, as well. Okay, well, look, um, John, good update. Um, good, good, to, good to hear from you. Uh, we enjoyed the last update on the Aldebaran uh, project too. Um, maybe come back and let us know once, once uh, you get a little bit more information back on these drill holes and uh, we can um, try and understand yeah, be, how things are progressing. Okay, yeah, great. We're very much, uh, as, as everyone waiting for the first drill results to come out, it will, we'll have to be a little patient. Uh, we, they just went into the lab in the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be about a, about a month to six weeks before we can get that first drill hole out. And then we'll start to see more continuous flow of drill data moving forward. Uh, so it, it's, it's a project that, as I mentioned, requires patience, but we will soon be having data for everybody to take a look at again. And uh, it could, we couldn't be in a better environment to have a great copper project right now. So we're, we're pretty excited.